Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and before we get in today's episode, I just want to uh, say really quick that coming up in September, September is going to be my first ever listener request month. So, if there's a particular movie, uh, you know, maybe you're a fan of Black Belt Theater, but, you know, I haven't talked about a Kung Fu martial art film, you want to hear about it, um, you know, or some kind of off-the-wall film, um, TV show, really anything like that. Like, if you listen to the show, you know the kind of stuff that I talk about. So, if there's been a, a movie, book, film, show, comic, whatever, uh, if there's something out there that you've always wanted me to talk about, hit me up on Instagram. Uh, stuff you don't need to know is on Instagram. Uh, send me a, a direct message, send me a DM. Let me know what you would like me to talk about. Uh, if I get a lot of requests, what I'm going to do is I'll kind of choose about four of them maybe uh and if i do pick one of yours i will give you a shout out on the air Alrighty, so as i said up top welcome back to stuff you don't need to know and uh today i'm going to talk about a film like this is really rare i'm talking about a film that pretty much just came out this month oh my god um yeah i'm talking about once upon a time in hollywood quentin tarantino's ninth some are saying it's going to be his final film We'll see. Um, And this is what I'm going to say about it is, you know, Quentin Tarantino, man, you drive me crazy. Uh, You know, there's films of yours that I love and there's films of yours that I really don't like. Uh, I will say this, though. You know, you put together these trailers, man. You get us hooked in. Um, Seeing the trailers for this film, you know, Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio you know, appearing together, uh, you know, they do kind of show some of the usual cast of people that will pop up in a Quentin Tarantino film, such as Kurt Russell, um, you know, kind of, you know, showing you that, look, uh, we're going to take a look back at Hollywood in the sixties. Then if you kind of watch the extended trailers and right about here's where I'm going to say, spoiler alert, if you did not see this film and you do not want it spoiled, probably a good time to turn it off go watch it come on back and see whether or not you agree with me um but like i said if you saw some of the extended trailers yeah this takes place uh right around the time when the manson family committed the murders uh murdering sharon tate her unborn child and three other people that were in the house at the time of the murders and you know i was very intrigued by it I was intrigued by, you know, what is what is this film going to be about? You know, is uh, DiCaprio or Brad Pitt or both of them, are they going to be somehow involved in this? You know, what is what is the story here? And what I'm going to say is, you know, I went into this film with, I don't want to say expectations. Uh, I went into this film hyped up for it. You know, like I said, I'm very hot or cold with Quentin Tarantino. Uh, his early stuff. You look at Reservoir Dogs. You look at Pulp Fiction. Man, I love those films. And even today, I could watch them over and over again. Yeah, a few of them after that. Jackie Brown. Eh, it was all right. Kill Bill. I mean, Kill Bill Volume 1. Incredible film. And I know Kill Bill Volume 2. A lot of people will sort of say like, okay, Kill Bill Volume 1 was the fighting one. Kill Bill, Kill Bill Volume 2 was the talking one. Still a darn good movie. Um... Like I said, he he's very hit or miss with me. One thing I will say about Quentin Tarantino, you know, and like I said, he'll put films out there that just don't resonate with me. But you know what? They're his vision, 
and he really does kind of stick by his vision. You know, and I'll, I don't give him that. Is you know, he knows what he likes, he knows what he wants to put up on screen, and you know, he's willing to do it. He he won't really sacrifice, you know, his vision for a studio or or whatnot. It's he it's his way, or it's just it's not going to get made, and. You know, you got to respect that, you know, for better or for worse. Like I said, he'll put out some good ones and he'll put out some not good ones. But no matter what, you really got to respect the fact that the guy has a vision. He sticks with that vision and he, he gets it out there. That being said, once upon a time in Hollywood, clocks in at two hours and 45 minutes. I swear I thought I was in that theater for four hours. Like I said. I was pretty hyped up to see it. I mean, you got Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio starring in it. There's hints that the Manson family is going to be involved somehow. Um, you know, from the look in the trailer, it's like, wow, they really kind of capture that essence of, of the late 60s, especially in Hollywood, Los Angeles. You know, what's not to love? Um, and I know this film's getting, like, critical acclaim, and people are really, really praising it. And... I'm looking at reviews and I'm seeing what they're praising and for the most part there's some things that I agree with but by the end of this I think you'll understand why I really don't think this is a good film um it's not a horrible film you know it's not um I would say this film is mediocre at best and I think what it is is I just didn't understand where he was going with this. He had some good ideas. He had some good story going. We're really dragging stuff out. And the ending is comical. I mean, it's really, really comical to the point it was like, was was that the intent all along? That this is just one big farce? Or is it he just likes ridiculous action scenes and he's like, well, I haven't had one for the past two hours and 35 minutes so let me wrap up the last 10 minutes of this film with some really bizarre crazy over the top action i don't know um let me talk about the good stuff let me talk about the stuff that i did like and like i said despite the fact that i felt the movie kind of plotted along brad pitt and leonardo dicaprio you know in their roles i mean they were absolutely incredible so leonardo dicaprio plays a guy by the name of rick dalton uh he was a uh and of course he's a fictional character there there was no rick dalton uh, in hollywood back then um side note this film does take place in 1969 like i said right around the time uh when the manson families committed the murders um so rick dalton he was a TV star. Uh, he starred uh, on a Western series called Bounty Law, which, once again, was was not a real uh, series. Kind of loosely based on a, a show back then called Wanted, Dead, or Alive. Um, you know, he's very, very successful with it. Uh, we see in the beginning, he's meeting with... I don't know if it's a producer or an agent. Uh, Al Pacino plays him. And, and Al Pacino, you know, plays sort of like this Hollywood mogul agent type here he plays him really really well because uh he's kind of subdued uh you know he's not over the top and really what he's trying to do is he's kind of giving us a really quick you know kind of summary of rick's career you know starting this like hit western show uh you know and and i i don't know if they really kind of gave specifics on it but pretty much it was from the late 50s and it probably ran into the early to mid 60s 
after that, he started doing guest appearances on a lot of um, famous shows, you know, Land of Giants, FBI, Man from Uncle, you know, actual shows from the 60s. Uh, they also talk about the fact that... Um, they also talk. They also talked about the fact that he tried to transition to movies. Um, you know, he tried to get a couple of. You know, he had a couple of films that were going on. Um, you know, probably. You know, probably not really, really good work. Um, at one point in the film, there's speculation. You know, somebody actually asks him, and it's. I think it's Timothy Oliphant who's who's playing another actor. Asks him, you know, is it true that you're up for for the uh, for the Steve McQueen role in The Great Escape? Uh, and DiCaprio, or I should say, Rick Dalton, tells a story of how he really wasn't considered for it. Um, you know, it was going to go. You know, it was going to go to Steve McQueen kind of all the way. Uh, he he looked like he was going to back out of it. Uh, you know, and he was kind of like on a short list of people to call. But you know, in the end, you know, it was Steve McQueen, of course, in The Great Escape. Uh, but what's nice though is you know they they kind of splice Leo Leonardo DiCaprio uh, into the Steve McQueen role, and they do a scene from The Great Escape. And it's really good because it actually really looks like it fits. I mean, that technology of kind of splicing, you know, today's actors into stuff that happened way back when, it's really come leaps and bounds from, I think, maybe Forrest Gump's probably about the first time I saw that. Um, so really, what you know, what, uh, you know, what Al Pacino's character here is saying, he's like, look... You were this big TV star, uh, you know, now you're kind of doing these guest appearances. You know, you tried to do the films, didn't work out. Now you're doing guest appearances, you know, you're not getting pilots, you know, you're doing guest appearances. And he even goes to further to say, it's like, look, you're doing guest appearances, you know, in kind of like these these cop dramas and westerns, and you're the bad guy. You know, and 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 Rick is sort of like, you know, yeah, it's no problem, you know, uh, I, have, I have fun doing it, I'm really, really good at it, and Pacino's pointing out, he's like, no, it's not good, because he's like, it's not, you know, it's not that they see, you know, the lead character beating up Rick Dalton, uh, you know, they're beaten up, and he, he brings up the name of his character, you know, from the TV show, and it's sort of like, you know, it's like, that famous character that you had on this, you know, um, Bounty Law show, that's the one who's getting beat, so you're not really going to be taken serious anymore. Basically, what he's kind of telling Leonardo DiCaprio here, or he's telling Rick Dalton here, is, you know, look, man, you're washed up. But there's a lot of money and, you know, a little bit of prestige or a little bit of fame in doing spaghetti westerns out in Italy. Uh, Around this time... Uh... You had Clint Eastwood. Uh, you know, Clint Eastwood had starred uh, in a Western show, probably same thing, late 50s, early 60s. I can't think of the name of it right now. Uh, you know, and he, he went out to Italy with uh, Sergio Leone and did, you know, the Dollar Trilogy, uh, did those famous, you know, Westerns, which, you know, kind of helped to really revitalize his career. Uh, you know, Rick, is, is re- he's really, he's not having it. Brad Pitt plays a guy by the name of Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth, uh, you know, this guy is very, very unique. Uh, we learn he's a war veteran. We learn that he quite possibly murdered his wife and got away with it. Um, and that he's pretty much Rick's longtime, like, stunt double, and he's his best friend. Uh, you know, and it's kind of funny because the two of them really don't look anything alike. I mean, they're both, look, they're both good-looking guys. And you know, Brad Pitt in this, he's, he's pretty jacked up. Uh, you know, they're not really the same 
build. They don't really look alike, but I don't know. This was Hollywood in the 60s. I guess this kind of stuff flew. And the thing is, is, uh, you know, really, you know, he's, he's not getting work as a stuntman now. So he's really kind of like... If you almost like look at it, uh, you know that from the TV show Entourage. I don't want to say he's turtle, but he's he's pretty darn close to being turtle. Um, he's his driver. He's his gopher. He's his handyman. Um, you know when. Uh when we're kind of getting to the beginning of this film here, uh, Rick is going to be doing uh, an appearance on a pilot of a new Western show. And like I said, the lead in that is played by Timothy Oliphant. And, uh, you know, we see Cliff dropping him off and sort of saying like, hey, could you find out if there's any stunt work for me? And he's like, ah, you know, I'd really, really like to, man. But, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I kind of started asking around and, you know... um, you know, I talked to this person, you know, who then talked to that person, who then, you know, kind of going around and, yeah, you know, so-and-so is is running up the stunts and, you know, you had a run-in with him and it's, uh, you know, the guy play, uh, the actor who plays it is Kurt Russell. And what's interesting is, you know, he's playing like this stunt coordinator, this TV stunt coordinator, and he's pretty much wearing the almost the identical jacket, almost the identical getup that he wore um, in the Quentin Tarantino film Death Proof, where he played stuntman Mike. I don't think, though, that his name, like his character's name, I don't think it was... Um, I don't think it was Mike. I think it was like Randy or something like that. But he almost kind of has, he almost kind of has that stuntman Mike look to him. Uh, this is where we get like a callback. You know, he kind of remembers that. You know, yeah, he, he kind of was a bit of a jerk. Uh, where he had a run in uh, on the set of the Green Hornet with Bruce Lee. I'm gonna get to that in a minute because you know I want to tell you about the stuff that was good. <sighs> that Bruce Lee thing was not good. Um, you know, and, and really, this is like what we get here is is we kind of get you know Rick Dalton, who's a washed up actor, trying to I don't know get a resurgence in his career, trying to figure out where he is. Uh, you know, he's we see that he's really not a bad actor. Um, you know, and other sort of actors and, and 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 producers and directors, like the guy directing this 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 western pilot that he's starring in, is like in love with him. Um, you know, he thinks he's great. Uh, there's one there's one part where he kind of does this standoff scene uh, where he's holding this little girl hostage and uh, the head of the, like, the rancher family that he's going up against, uh, played by Luke Perry. Uh, you know, we have this big standoff and, um, you know, at the end of it, the director's, like, screaming. He loves it. He's like, I told you, Channel Hamlet. It's like Hamlet and this. And he's, you know, so clearly the guy's like a pretty good actor and he's he's a well-respected actor but he's also pretty self-destructive um we see it while he's shooting this pilot he's flubbing his lines or he's forgetting his lines even though the night before he was studying however as he also points out to himself he also downed eight whiskey sours um so he's like you know he's like you look like a fool looks like you didn't prepare even though you did prepare you know why didn't you stop at three why did you go for eight you know and this is he's in his trailer smashing things yelling at himself in the mirror to the one point where he actually says this was kind of funny he he looks at himself in the mirror points at himself and he says i swear to god if you go back out there and flood this up again i'm going to kill you in your sleep um 
this guy's clearly coming undone. Cliff Booth. Cliff Booth played by Brad Pitt. So, like I said, he's sort of like, he, he he's his body double, he's his stand-in, he's his stuntman, hasn't really done work like this in years because there's just really no call for it. So, But he's Rick's best friend, and, you know, he's very happy to drive him around. He's very happy to do the odd job for him. And what we see is, is as they're kind of driving around, you know, in this really nice Coupe de Ville, and... That's kind of a trope of Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino loves cars. He loves old cars, and he loves to show you people driving cars, especially from the over-the-shoulder view, and we get a lot of that here. Just wanted to point that out. Um, he sees like kind of like these young hippie girls going around, especially one uh, who's a brunette who she kind of takes a notice of him. They're always kind of constantly running into each other. He's driving. She's trying to hitchhike. She's going one way. He's going the other way until finally one time he's headed in the right direction. <clears throat> she tells him that um, she's going to take him. Uh, you know, she's staying at this old um, film studio that used to shoot westerns. You know, and Cliff's like, yeah, I know that place. That's where they used to shoot um this where they used to shoot Bounty Law. So they head out there, and this is where really where we pick up on the fact that, you know, this is the Manson family. Uh, we hear talk of Charlie earlier on, and one thing I should say is Rick Dalton lives uh, on Cielo Drive, Cielo Drive, sorry, uh, pretty much where Rowan Polanski and his wife Sharon Tate lived. In fact, Rick Dalton is sort of like their next-door neighbors. Um, you know, they live at the end of a cul-de-sac, and, you know, Rick's house is sort of right next to the the extended driveway to the... Um, to Sharon Tate's house, I'll just say, um, you know, uh, or Roman Polanski's house, I should say. Um... And we get a scene where we see a guy come up there. And here's the thing. I know that before uh, Roman Polanski bought this house and, you know, he and Sharon and uh, another gentleman moved in, it was owned, I believe it was owned by a record producer that I think he used to do work with the Beach Boys and whatnot. And that was kind of the connection here is that, you know, Charlie Manson was trying to get his music published. Uh, I think he actually did know Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson maybe liked his music, maybe suggested he talk to this guy. Um, we kind of just see him showing up looking for this record producer. Um, and I think, I don't, I don't think it was Roman Polanski. I think it was somebody else that lived in the house was sort of saying like, yeah, they don't live here anymore. You know, they moved to, you know, such and such we're here now. Uh, and you're like, oh my God, that's Charles Manson. So when Brad Pitt heads out to this, you know, former movie studio, which is out really kind of like out in the wilderness there. Uh, you know, he, he meets the Manson family. If you're not convinced that this is the Manson family, we see a young man on horseback giving people sort of horse tours with a hat. His name was Tex. Um, Tex, of course, was, and I really want to make sure that I get the name right, uh, Charles Tex Watson, uh, who was a member of the Manson family, who was there the night uh, of the Sharon Tate murders. Um, if you're even really not that convinced, and I didn't recognize the actress, you know, until the credits, Dakota Fanning actually plays Lynette Squeaky Fromm. Um, you know, she has a confrontation with Brad Pitt. Brad wants to see Brad Pitt's character, Cliff Booth, wants to see the guy that owns the studio because he knows him because he knows something is up here. You know, and uh, Squeaky is trying to prevent him from coming in. You know, he's taking a nap. You don't want to wake him up because if you wake him up, then later on when we watch TV, he falls asleep and that pisses me off. Uh, we go in there. Hey, the guy's alive. He's well. And he talks about Squeaky. And I was like, okay. 
this is clearly the Manson family. You know, I mean, we picked up on it in the trailer and we're picking it up on here now. And he, like I said, he basically has a confrontation with the Manson family. Uh, he gets out of it alive. Uh, you know, and, and this is the thing is, is all this is going on. You're wondering during this film, is this a film about, you know, an actor in sort of like the tail end of his career struggling to hold on? Is this the story of, of, of like, uh, you know, his best friend, stuntman, uh, who's, you know, seems to sort of has no problem, you know, being a gopher and a driver, maybe until he meets the Manson family and decides to do something else. Is this a film about the Manson family? Like, we don't really... I, I, I didn't really get where he was going with it. It's like he's kind of setting up a couple of different stories here. And, like I said, when it all wraps up in the end, it's sort of like, well, that was kind of ridiculous. It was like two hours and 45 minutes to almost end up in a farcical comedy. Like, I, I just... I didn't... I really didn't get it. Um, some other things that were re- that were good about this film, though, is... He shot it on celluloid. Uh, it has a feel of a movie from the 60s. Uh, everywhere. Every setting here, you know, from... Um, from Rick Dalton's house to various landmarks around Hollywood, Los Angeles, you really get a feel that they are in the 60s, that this is 1969. Uh, As always, you know, great soundtrack here, great music from the 60s. But here's the thing. I don't want to spend close to three hours just to see that. You could give me all of that, but tell me a story. Especially if, I'm sorry, if you're going to take close to three hours to do it, I mean, kind of make it worth my while. Were there nice things in this film? Yes, absolutely. Brad Pitt, um, Leonardo DiCaprio, they do a phenomenal job with their roles. The soundtrack, it's incredible. The setting, you know, the scenery, it is absolutely incredible. But the story goes nowhere. I mean, that, I think, is the one big negative here, is that the story ends up going nowhere. Because what happens is, is, you know, um, Rick decides to, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to make these spaghetti westerns. And we kind of get this little montage where we see he goes over there. He makes a couple spaghetti westerns. He makes a couple of other films. He stars in a film with Telly Savalas. You know, and he has a nice little career. He spends six months in Italy. Uh, He marries an Italian actress. And, you know, what we get now is six months later, he's coming back. And it is the night of the Manson family murders. And that's what we see is, you know, Rick sort of says to Cliff, he goes, look, you know, I did my movies. I kind of think my career's over. I'm married now. I'm probably going to move out of this house, get a real job. He's like, I can't afford to keep you around anymore. You know, you're my best friend. And, you know, and again, you're sort of like, you know, is this this where Cliff snaps or whatever? No, you know, Cliff's cool with it. Um, So what we get is sort of they're kind of having a last hurrah, you know. Uh, Leo has the line that, uh, sorry, Rick has a line that Cliff is sort of like, he's not just a best friend. You know, it's like, you know, he's more than a brother, a little bit less than a wife. You know, that's the kind of relationship they have. These guys are tight. And they're like, okay, we're going to go out. We're going to have a good time. We're going to, you know, have a bender back at, you know, Rick's place. And that's that. And this is where we start getting, and Kurt Russell is narrating, he's starting to tell you, like, the events of that night, you know, the night of the of, of, of Sharon Tate's murder. And what we get is, is you know, uh, Tex, Squeaky, and another girl 
show up, or two other girls, I should say, show up to commit the murders. They're in this really decrepit car. Uh, you know, it's making a lot of noise. Um, Cliff had gone off to walk his dog, which looks like a pit bull to me. Uh, and he's also smoking a cigarette laced with acid. So he is tripping big time. Um, you know, Rick is up. Uh, you know, he's making margaritas. He hears, he hears like this loud commotion outside this car. He goes out there. He flips out. He's like, you, you bunch of hippies and this and that. And he's flipping out. And they're like, whatever, man, no problem. Tex is actually driving. He's like, sir, we're really sorry. They back out. Then they realize that was Rick Dalton, you know, and they call him by the character's name. And I, I, I forget. I forget the, the character that he played on his TV show show and what happens is is this is where we get the fiction part of well i mean you know there is no rick dalton but this is really where things get fictional one of the girls in the back is like check it out man we all grew up on tv right man and basically saying you know that actors like rick dalton starring in these very violent shows you know westerns and war things it's like they taught us how to kill so why don't we kill the people that taught us how to kill? So they switch from going after Sharon Tate and everybody in that house. We're going to go get Rick Dalton. You know, like almost sort of like, you know, this is where it's going to start. Like we're going to get these like these these actors from the 50s and early 60s that were in violent like shows and movies like they're the reason that we're killers sort of a thing. Of course, they're high as anything when they're doing this. Um and that's what we get now is like okay now they're going to go after rick uh so basically what we get is when they do break in uh cliff is back from walking his dog high as a kite um and we get a comedy fight uh you know his dog attacks tex kills him uh his dog then attacks one of the other girls uh practically rips her face off she falls into the pool where rick is uh you know with these giant headphones like he doesn't hear the whole thing until this girl falls into his pool um squeaky you know squeaky attacks uh cliff they get into a, a little bit of a tussle uh rick's wife comes out she actually punches squeaky squeaky chases her he sicks the dog on squeaky he they basically take apart the manson family um and again, you know, earlier in the film, uh, when they're talking about the film career of Rick Dalton, they're talking about uh, a, uh, a film, like a World War II film that he was in, which was pretty much like a parody of Inglorious Bastards, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio sort of in the role that Brad Pitt had, where he had to use a flamethrower, and he's sort of like, you know, I spent two weeks working on that, because that's a scary thing to work with. He goes into his tool shed, he has the flamethrower, he torches the girl who's in the pool, and they save the day he gets invited up to sharon tate's house and the film kind of ends and it's like what did i just waste two hours and 45 minutes watching you know great acting performances great soundtracks scenery is incredible but what was the story that he was trying to tell here i really i just don't get it and like i said when i read reviews on it people are like oh my god this is a love letter to hollywood in the 60s yeah, it is, but it's not telling you a story. It's kind of like, you know, if you listen to when Diana and I talked about Endgame, the first two-thirds of that movie were kind of dragging for me, and the end, you know, the fight, you know, the, the big fight with the Avengers, you know, fighting Thanos, Cap getting the hammer, Avengers assemble, that is awesome. It's incredible. But does the final third of a film you know make me say well that was the greatest film i ever saw no it was a good film and here 
there's elements in it that are good. Great acting performances, great scenery, um, great soundtrack. But because of that, am I just going to ignore the fact that there's no story here and say this was a great film? It's a mediocre film at that. A couple other things that were really, really bad. If you didn't know it, you'll definitely know it in this film. Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. I mean, it's pretty well documented. You watch a lot of his other films... It is front and center right here. We got dirty feet sticking in the camera constantly. Like, Quentin, look, that's your thing. You like feet. That's great. And again, I said, look, the guy's got a vision. He really, really sticks with it. But, dude, turn down on the foot fetish stuff. The other thing I didn't like. So, when you first watch the trailer for this, we see there's an actor who is playing Bruce Lee. Uh, You know, I kind of guessed, you know probably on the set of the Green Hornet, because this is Hollywood in the 60s. He wasn't really doing films yet. So I was like, you know, it's probably he's Cato, the Green Hornet, this and that. And it's a really quick scene. And what I got from it was, whoa, they got a guy that kind of looks and sounds like him. That's pretty cool until you watch the scene. Because in the scene, they really make Bruce Lee look like he was a bully. Like every day when you showed up on the set of the Green Hornet, Bruce is just shooting his mouth off about he's the greatest fighter who ever lived and just, you know, if if you if you didn't think that way, he would challenge you to a fight, you know, the guy's always always ready to fight. When the thing is is when you um you know, if you kind of read up on the guy and you you know, you watch some stuff on him, he struggled. I mean, when he was on the set of the Green Hornet, I mean, he was he was not wanted there. I mean, you know, producers really pushed to get him there because the guy was an incredible martial artist, but this was the 60s. They were like an Asian guy, which is why Kato wore a mask. I mean, they were really like, can we keep the mask on Kato for as long as possible so people don't realize he's an Asian guy? Um, you know, yeah, when he was a younger guy, you know, when he was younger, when he was in Hong Kong, was he like a hothead picking fights, this and that? Yeah, absolutely. That is well, well documented. But as he got older, he actually looked to avoid fights. He didn't want confrontation. He didn't want that. He wanted to have a career. So sort of like this bully Bruce Lee, it's just, I was watching it like, yeah, this is really clearly a fantasy. And you know, Shannon Lee, his daughter, and, you know, she kind of oversees his estate. She's come out to say, like, yeah, that's not my dad at all. Like, why Why did Quentin Tarantino do this? Especially, he's a huge fan of Asian cinema. He's a huge fan of martial arts films. You would assume, then, that he's a huge fan of Bruce Lee. You know, this is not an homage to Bruce Lee. This is almost sort of like, yeah, Bruce Lee was a jerk. And I don't think he was a jerk. And I was like, why... Why are we doing this? Like, it was something I was actually looking forward to seeing. And then once it kind of unraveled, I was like, this this is horrible. Why are you doing this, man? Like, you know, Bruce Lee was not like that, you know. there was And there was no reason to do that. You could have put that character, that Bruce Lee, Green Hornet, Cato, Bruce Lee, in this film and done it a lot of justice, and and really paid an homage to Bruce Lee. This was kind of like a mockery, and it was was just, I think it was a little disrespectful. Look, all in all, it's a mediocre film. You know, you know, if you really want to see this film, I would say go early in the morning when you get those discounted ticket prices. Make sure you had a good night's sleep. Because like I said, this this movie clocked in in an hour, I'm sorry, two hours and 45 minutes. I felt every minute of it it just you know and, and like i said leo 
Brad, they put in great performances. There's a nice look to the film. The soundtrack is great, but it's not enough to really get me to like this film. I mean, there's just nothing there. There's no story. It's just endless ramblings and, you know, gets to the point you're like, what is he trying to say? Like, what is the story here? There really isn't one. You know, there's no theme. There's no, there's nothing. There's really nothing here. And it's, you know... Like I said, the guy does some good films, and it's it's really kind of disappointing that this is quite possibly the last film he is going to do, and it's like, this was not a good way to go out, but who knows? Look, this is Hollywood. We'll see. You know, this movie is getting critical acclaim. It's getting financial success. I'm sure they could lure him out to do a 10th film. We'll see. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor, head on over to, to uh, Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know is there. I post pictures and polls about the stuff that I talk about. Please don't forget, next month is Listener Request Month, so if there's something that you would like me to talk about, uh, you know, a movie, TV show, comic book, whatever it is, good, bad, or ugly, uh, you know, send it over to me. If I use it, if I talk about it, I will absolutely give you credit for it on the show. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.